Well, uh, today we're going to end our series uh, on happiness. But I hope that your happiness never, ever ends. So uh, let's just finish uh, up the same way that we began with a couple of questions. Question number one, what makes you happy? And the answer to question number one is no thing. You see, you're supposed to know that. No thing. Nothing, no thing makes me happy. Happiness always comes through a who or two. You can't be happy without some sort of healthy relationships around you. You were designed and built to be in community. The second question, same question, different answer. What makes you happy? Sowing. Sowing, right? You remember Jesus taught us uh, when we looked at the, the, the Sermon on the Mount that happiness is not immediately accessible. You sow and you reap your way into happiness. Happiness is an outcome. It, it is not just something that you get, you grab, and you hold on to. Um, so as, as we wrap up the series today, I just wanted to let you know that we're going to try and bend your brain a little bit today. Um, today is going to be counterintuitive, that, that counterintuitive stop that you've been so longing to make. Um, if you've not experienced this, then you're going to kind of think that maybe I'm just a little bit cuckoo, uh, or you're going to think I'm trying to trick you, I'm trying to just get you to do what I want. You, you might not believe me at all, and I guess that's the problem. Here's the bottom line for today. Bottom line, as long as you are about, all about you, you won't be happy. As long as it's all about you, then no matter what you do, no matter what you accomplish, no matter what you achieve, no matter uh, what, you will not be happy. You can't fulfill you. You need something more. You don't have enough to offer if you were to somehow get yourself exactly the way that you wanted yourself, you got yeah, the, the right size, the right income, the right car, the right hair, the right job, the right shoes, you still wouldn't be happy. And it all feels so uh, counterintuitive because our natural thought, press, thought process without any effort, it just leans to this acquire and achieve. When I do those certain things, then, then the door will be unlocked and I can just walk into happy land. And here's your reminder, though. You can't acquire or consume your way into happiness. We, we, we look at what other people acquire, and we, we look at the stuff that other people consume, and it's not just food, but, but whatever it is that we, we want to suck in and, 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 and to take and to have and then to dispose of. We tell ourselves that happiness is achievable in what they have. If I had what they had, if I could live the way that they live, if I could look the way that they look, that, that somehow that would bring about happy. And our tendency is to look at a bunch of people who, who may or may not be happier than we are, but we think that they are, and we look at them and we buffet them. And so I'll, I'll have a little bit of this from over here, and I'll have a, a little scoop of that from her over here, and I'll, I'll have a little slice of him over there. And, and then when I get to the end of all my pieces and I put them together, I will be a super happy composite person. And somehow we do this bizarre math in our heads. If I had their house and if, if I had her musical ability and if I had his sweet car, if, if I had her income and if I had his intelligence and if I could just pick and choose my way along, then I could sew my composite person together. And do you know what I would have? I would guarantee my own discontentment with my own life. My life is no good. Theirs is better. And I've itemized my own list on the pathway to unhappy. I have become hyper-focused on becoming something that I am not. And when you become 
consumed with that, no matter, no matter what kind of progress you make, you continue to be unhappy. You have trained yourself to be unhappy. And we have a common language that we use when we describe a composite person, right? Language that's familiar to our culture. We would call that Frankenstein's monster, right? Not Frankenstein, because Frankenstein was the doctor, but Frankenstein's monster, a composite person. You cannot consume or acquire your way to happiness because ultimately your consumption and your acquisition is all based on a comparative strategy, and comparison always makes us sad. And those you're comparing to, they might very well not be happy either. And this will be the real surprise. Those people that you're comparing to, they might be looking at you to be their happy model. They're looking at what you have. They're looking at what you wear. They're looking at how you live. They're looking at what you know and who you know. And this is just not a pathway to happiness. And we are finding, we've been talking about a pathway to happiness. But here we go, all right? You're going to have a hard time believing this, so I'm warning you up front, and it's counterintuitive. It's not the way that we naturally think. You might not be able to achieve or to consume your way to happiness, but you can serve and volunteer your way there. I know it's going to sound kind of pastry, and it might even kind of look uh, self-serving, but it's the truth. So go home and, and strap yourself into the chair and take the ride on the information highway. Do some searching, and you will find that your study after study, just mountains of research all over the world in all sorts of different cultures that are asking this question. It comes up frequently. Is there a connection between happiness and selflessness? And this one is even harder to believe. Is there a connection between health and selflessness? Is there a connection between happiness, health, and volunteering? So let me save you a little bit of time. Here's the executive summary. Project after project come to the same conclusion, that there is actually a connection between people's happiness and people's health and their willingness to be selfless. And in this kind of a world, there's a frequently asked question is, what are the most fulfilling jobs? How do I get to that place? The list of the most satisfying job categories looks like this. Caring for others, teaching others, protecting others others, and then the creative pursuits, music, photography, art. The discovery is, is shocking. There, there was no income associated to that job satisfaction after basic living requirements were met. That means as you add more and more money, you do not get more and more happiness. Another study in the UK took 40 studies and compressed them. Is there a connection between happiness, health, and selflessness and serving other people? 40 studies done over 20 years. And here's the link that they found. Volunteering, health, and happiness. These were consistent, ongoing, lifestyle-based volunteers. Not those people who, you know, everyone at work has to go and volunteer today or you get fired. Um, these are ongoing. So what they found is that there are decreasing rates of depression, heart disease, stress. For teenagers who systematically volunteered they said far less drug use and far less unplanned pregnancies. But wait, it gets better. In this study, they said even if you have a teenager who doesn't want to do it, even if you have to force your teenager to volunteer, you're all going to be so happy I said this, force them to volunteer. Volunteering with a bad attitude still has positive results. 
And teenagers who learn how to volunteer typically grow up to be adults who volunteer and who consequently get all of these other health benefits. This is what they found. Higher rates or degrees of longevity, psychological well-being, physical health, self-esteem, and quality of life. Clinical research shows that volunteering and mentoring pumps up your immune system. Regular, selfless activity actually increases your ability to fight disease. How can that be? Because my natural inclination is to acquire, to consume, and to try to look my best. Yet all the research seems to say that one of the best things you can do for you is to not focus so much on yourself. Selfishness leads, selflessness leads to happiness and a better sense of well-being and even better health. And how can behaving selflessly make myself happier? How can emptying myself make myself feel full? And many of you know what this is like because you do it. Um, you've gotten up early and, and you've done something. Some of you do it uh, at church here. You're playing in the band, or being on the hospitality team, being on the tech team, um, being in, in, on the kids' church team. Some of you have done this in other places too. You have inconvenienced yourself and you gave of yourself. And then as you walk away, you feel better about yourself. We talk here all the time about the earnest pursuit of Jesus. And, and honestly, that's what we're all about. We're all about earnestly pursuing Jesus. And part of the journey, part of that pathway, part of that road trip is to be generous in time, treasure, and talent. And how is it that giving generously of my time, treasure, and talent, how is it that I can experience gain in my quality of life? How is it that I like myself better when I do than when I don't? The idea on the surface, it doesn't seem to make any sense. That's why most people don't do it. You know what's really strange? One of the best things you can do for you is to quit doing so much for you. How can this be? The answer is really simple. It's two words. Divine design. This is how you were designed and created to be. God created you with open hands. This is the way you're supposed to be. You are hardwired to complete those New Testament one another's. You will thrive. You will be happier. You will be healthier if you embrace all of those New Testament one another's. You know the things that we all naturally tend to resist like love one another, care for one another, serve one another, Forgive one another. Oh, that one hurts. Carry one another's burdens. This is what you were designed by God to do. You do better and you are happier when you live like this. Selfishness arises naturally, but selfishness is not part of your divine design. Selfishness just tells us of the brokenness. And we've said this at other times Sin separates. Sin isolates. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from each other. Sin, sin separates us even from ourselves. But we're going to add another step to that today. And that sin separates us into our own self-centered worlds. Sin has a tendency to isolate me from you. And sin has a tendency to isolate you from me. Sin whispers in your ear, in your ear spend all your time and resources on you. You're worth it. You deserve it. This will make you 
happy. But we know different. We know that's not true from observation. We know that's not true from experience. And even investigation tells us that that's not true either. You are most filled up when you pour yourself out. Why? It makes no sense, right? Because this is the way God designed you. And sin argues with that by breaking our relationships and putting us back into isolation. If you want to be happy, you need to find a way to give yourself away. Do you like to travel? Have you ever been to Galatia, the Roman province? Well, me neither. But the Apostle Paul, he traveled, he went there, and he wrote uh, these people some letters. Um, We still have one of those letters that he wrote. It's been very carefully preserved, and we keep it in the New Testament. People who live in Galatia are called Galatians, and that's why we call that in the New Testament. That's the name of that letter. We're going to take a peek into an observation that he makes there. He lays out a contrast, two lists that he's got, and these are two different approaches to living. Each approach has a list that describes certain behaviors. And he does just a beautiful job contrasting living for myself and and, and living by pouring myself out. And last time we talked about pleasure. We said if you prioritize pleasure over happiness, you get neither. But if you prioritize happiness over pleasure, you can get both. So we're going to jump in at Galatians 5, starting at verse 19. Uh, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Now, the word flesh, when they use it here, just kind of really sounds all Bible-y. But another translation, they might say the sinful nature. So when Paul says the flesh or the, the acts of the flesh or the acts of the sinful nature, here's what he means. If you were to just go out and do whatever you want, do whatever you want to do with whoever you wanted to do it, and you'll never get caught, you'll never be held accountable, and there'll be no consequences. If you could just run towards whatever you wanted to do, whenever you wanted to do it, with whomever you wanted to do it, with no lack of money, um, no lack of opportunity, this is the direction that we would all run. Now, some of these things require practice to get to them, right? They're not entry level, but working at it, this is where you would go. We're not looking so much at, at the destination as we are at the direction, the direction that you would be running here. So if you are doing that, living in that way, this is what it looks like. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. And debauchery is just kind of like excessive sexual activity. I just can't stop. I just need more. Idolatry. You can hear that as kind of, I want God to do my bidding. God, what do I have to do to get you to do what I want you to do? Witchcraft, where we could hear that as, I'm trying to harness the forces of nature to do my bidding. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. This is the flow. This is the direction. This is the pathway that we would all head down when there is nothing to interfere with us. Here's the quick synopsis of what this is. It's all pleasure at someone else's expense. Someone always pays the price when you give in to your natural, selfish inclinations. Even when you feel like you you didn't get caught or you felt like you got away with it. Why? Because all these things have to do with the desires of the flesh and are all associated with appetites. And we all know that appetites are never fully satisfied. All appetites grow over time and with practice. And when you can't fill an appetite, you become frustrated You become angry. 
And if you say yes to that long enough, no matter how hard you try to fill yourself up, it will leave you wanting more, whether it's, it's an appetite for stuff, an, an appetite for sex, or for recognition, or for food, or for the credit that you think that you are due. That is a pathway to frustration. That is not the path. That, that is, in fact, the path to not happy. He continues, I warn you, as I did before, with those who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, and now here's the contrast, okay? He's going to contrast the fruit of the Spirit versus the acts of the flesh. The fruit refers to your heavenly Father. When you say to him, I am, I'm tired of living for myself, I'm, I, it's just not working. God, I, I'm tired of trying to fill myself up. The more I do that, the less full I am and the less happy I become, I'm frustrated and, and I'm angry and I'm, I'm in a bad mood. I'm disappointed all the time. Instead of that, God, may your will be done in me. You, you've heard the acts of the flesh. Now, now here are the fruit of the Spirit. God, I, I know that it's not all about me. It's about you. You first. Eyes up. My focus is on you. Be it at work in me, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, just another word for patience, kindness, goodness, I will do the right thing even if it costs me, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you relax and you let the focus come off you and you let the focus be on God, this is what He is going to produce in you and, and He's going to do it through you so that it's going to begin to appear around you. And against such things, there is no law. You were made for this. This is the environment that you were designed to live in. This is the environment in which you flourish. Imagine your current family characterized by these things. Loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, self-controlled. Doesn't that sound like an atmosphere within which you could be happy? You resonate with this because you were designed to live in it. You were designed to live in a physical community defined by these characteristics. This is a community that requires almost no laws because if I'm in it for what's in it for you and what's best to you, if I'm committed to your best interest and you're committed to my best interest, then, then we can get through anything. Can, can you just sense what living in this kind of an environment would do to your stress levels? Could you imagine what it would do to our anxiety levels? How much happier would you be? Selfishness is natural, but it is not by design. The more selfless you are, the greater your capacity for happiness. The value of a life is always measured by how much of it was given away. That's what we celebrate at the end. And if you want to be happy, you need to figure out how to systematically give your life away. If it's all about you, you'll never be happy. Happy is the one who finds a way to give their life away. I cannot say thank you enough or often enough for those who are committed to this and who are committed to this at Into One. Please don't hear any of what I'm saying as a finger wagging at you, okay? I am so thankful for what happens around here each and every week. To all those who have, who have give of their time, their treasure, and their talent, we are so much better as a community for your gifts. 
Thank you. You are the ones who are discovering what it is that I'm talking about. You are making a difference and you are discovering that it makes a difference in you. You are happier because of it. We've all benefited from somebody else's selflessness. And you were created and you were designed to give your life away. My prayer is that all of us would find that place, to find that space, to find that pace wherein happiness is unleashed in your life. And I hope that you have found this series helpful as we've gone through it. I hope that you find the happiness that God has so richly provided for you, that he's laid out for you. As I've been thinking through this and working through this, my prayer has been, may you truly find what makes you happy, what you were designed to find happiness from. No longer searching around, hoping that I might grasp it. May you find and may you share with somebody else what truly makes you happy. Let's pray. Kind Father, I thank you that you are so interested and committed to our happiness. Sometimes we say it's not about happiness, it's about being holy. But the pursuit of you is a pursuit that takes us towards happiness. And I am so thankful that the God who loves me, loves me at such an intimate and personal level, that he understands how I work. And he understands where that happiness can be found. And as little doors keep opening and, and, and I see these opportunities and I take them, I am better because of it. I, I, I know I can identify myself as a better person. I can feel better. I can live better. Oh God, I pray for my friends here this morning that this truth would be open to them as well. You want us to be holy, but holy and happiness are not separate. They are not mutually exclusive. You lead us on a path towards righteousness, and righteousness brings about happy where I am. May you continue to cause peace to rise up around us as we earnestly pursue you. Thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. The love of Jesus Christ, whether you're in Stouffville, whether you're on your way to Muskoka, whether you're in Cambodia or Thailand, the same love from the same God laid out for you. And if you ever forget, if you ever wonder, does he really love me? You can always look back to that image of nails in arms held open wide. Given for you. Because you are loved. As you are. But there's always a path forward into greater happiness. Know this and hold this and share this. Be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Oh, it's beautiful having you here today. It's better when you're here. And it's better when we're together. I believe that God continues to work into us, to draw us together, to make us perfected into one with each other, but with God as well. So uh, as you go today, remember that you're not walking out. You're being sent. You're on mission everywhere, all the time. And that what you do... And there, that mission that you have, you are spirit 
empowered. We are Christ-focused. This is where we go. This is what we do.